Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Scraps of Inspiration, your weekly podcast to give you a little light in a world that can seem dark at so many times. I'm your host, Brett Hund, and with me this week, I have a good friend of mine. He's been a teacher to me. He's been a brother to me, and honestly, one of the best people I know. His name is Tyler Guy. How you doing, Ty? Dude, so good, man. It's a. It's been a great day. How's your... It, it was a good day. It was yeah. a good day. Lots of driving today, but it's, nice. it's all right. Yeah. yeah. That's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Yeah, nice. How have you been? Good. Really good. Yeah, just kind of chilling and, um, you know, working and figuring out the next big projects that, you know, I'm going to take on. So I'm yeah. excited. What were some uh, projects you've taken on recently? Um, let's see. Recently, I started my own company about like three months ago with some awesome human beings. There's like four of my best friends that we started this production company and then through that we actually um started our own theater company with it at the same Mm -hmm. time so uh right now i manage two companies and um i do it like once again with some of the greatest people and yeah so we've been producing shows all up in northern michigan and we've been using you know performers and we've been collaborating with other performers and directors and instrumentalists and actors and like yeah, it's just been a really incredible experience. So that was probably the biggest project that I've been taking on so far. The last three months have taken every mm-hmm. single bit of my time, you know, writing, creating shows, collaborating with other you know, producers and directors and, you know, figuring out what we need to do best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. These yeah. shows that you put on, like variety shows or something like that? Yeah, yeah, like two hour long variety shows. Uh, what we do is we um, do covers or sometimes we do dance numbers. So we... we take a song we put choreography to we put like 30 people on stage with a full life band and a couple singers that we cast and yeah so we we do all variety shows and we ask our performers to like come up with ideas so we can collaborate with them so you know in reality it's not like a the normal traditional where it's like you know a director and a writer and a producer all create a show together it's like a writer director producer 30 cast members 12 instrumentalists mm-hmm. you know, and we all come together and we all try to find what is best like how we can um you know make best with what we have yeah and what we have is just amazing creativity and yeah it's been a super fucking cool time i'll um, bet like seeing like the best of people come out like that like well, that yeah, is probably it's, really amazing well it's like the best of their creativity uh-huh. you know what i mean like you could see the best of people no matter what you know without mm-hmm. a mic or a stage or a dance or anything like that but it's seeing like this other side of them you know mm-hmm. like the other personas they want to take on or their other acting abilities or you know, uh, even like a persona that they live, you know, like the different personalities that they put on because that is their stage presence. You mm-hmm. know, their, their characters come out and, you know, their their personalities come out in such a way that you you can't yeah. do in real life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Creating two companies that might, I'm guessing that wasn't an easy undertaking. No, <laughs> um, it was easier than you think. Okay. But the reason it was, the reason it, it did go a lot smoother is once again I, I was with a bunch of amazing people mm-hmm. for support and guidance and you know and um, always having that like that kind of like that discipline to you know swallow your own ego to mm-hmm. be like I don't know what to do mm-hmm. how can I figure out what to do and every single time it's always ask someone mm-hmm. you know at, you know being able to like swallow your pride and ask them for help and you know not being afraid to like reach out and just yeah, like be vulnerable in the fact that like it's a process that a lot of people don't know how to go through, and yeah. it's every day there's something new that pops up. You're like, oh, shit, okay, gotta figure out something. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I have a big problem with asking people for for help, so I feel oh, really? like that would uh, uh that would be a hard, like a little bit harder for me to do, just because it's like whenever I'm struggling, I 
have a real hard time of being like, hey, I need a helping hand over here. Oh, Something gotcha. I'm working on, but oh, yeah. no, it's dude, it's 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 actually like it's really fucking cool because then like that brings out the best in people too, or the worst in people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because then you learn who's really there for you. You know, whether it's a you know a mini task or mm-hmm. whether it's something huge. You know, then mm-hmm. like the people that say yes, I'm like, yeah, I'm down to help you. You know, no payment required. You yeah. know, just like friendship, just figure out something like that brings you closer and it's really really cool yeah i truly think that people get by with a little help from their friends to quote the beatles if you will yeah yeah Yeah. no truly yeah like life would not be the same unless you had those people around you know like if you didn't have those people around life would not be the same Mm -hmm. it would be so fucking blah you know it'd be so boring like yeah friends are literally what makes the world go around you know i mean family is important too but like Friends is the people that you pick. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that come around and you're like, oh, I had no idea you were going to be my homie. Like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, dude, let's be best friends. You know, exactly. Let's go do some stupid shit. Or, you know, or start a company, whichever one it is. Or both. Or you both. Know? Or both. Oh, man. I saw one of these shows. Like, I, I was helping out. I was spotlit one of these shows recently. Yeah, you did. And, you did uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It, it added so much. It was great. And it was just seeing these people, like, put on this thing that started from nothing it was so amazing and what were some struggles that you saw people come across and how did you help them like over uh like you're talking like over over time or through like the show yeah like through through the uh, through the show over time whichever oh gotcha um over time i think the people like the people i was working with was more not not necessarily confidence but like just like the thought that like that insecure thought you know Mm -hmm. of like the um the doubt the yeah. doubt was the hardest thing because you know there were so many times where people would like look at me or say something or be like are you sure we can do this mm-hmm. you know and not even like logistically like oh can we it's like do you believe in yourself enough that we could do this or, yeah you know do you believe in all of us and uh yeah it was yeah that the doubt because you know because it is it's starting something from nothing it's an idea that you like create you know mm-hmm. it's something that you manifest you know with the energy you throw it out there in the universe and you're just like this is gonna happen i'm working on it to make it happen and it did mm-hmm. you know and it, it that the first show was the hardest to pull off yeah i'll bet the the first one was so hard because there was i was constantly going door to door to all these performers like what do you want to sing what do you want to do what do you want to dance like like what? What are you thinking? And look, majority of the time, everyone was like, ah, you know, they were on the fence. Mm-hmm. You know, they were nervous. You yeah. know, like because especially during this quarantine, people were, um, you know, haven't performed, mm-hmm. or haven't put themselves in a vulnerable spot, like being on live stage before. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know, when you ask him, when you go up to these amazing performers and talents that got like their livelihoods taken away from them, you're like, hey, I can bring this back for you. And to have almost no credibility of being able to do that before, people look at you and you're just like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, like, don't sure. fucking fill me up with, like, pipe dreams and bullshit. It's just like, no, like, we can do this. And then, you know, about 90% of the people that I asked all said yes. Mm-hmm. And over time, they're like, oh, okay, you know what, let's do this. And then, um, you know, the other 10% were, were just like, uh, you know, I don't know right now. Mm-hmm. Let me watch the first show. And then after the first show, it was easy pickings after that because mm-hmm. everyone wanted to be a part of it because like oh they did it mm-hmm. so that means we could do it more and mm-hmm. then you know like I don't know, it was really really cool you established that confidence in them like that was such like a plaguing thing but... yeah it wasn't even established confidence because like when they go on stage their confidence soars mm-hmm. and that's something I can never control yeah no one could ever control someone's inner confidence when it comes to be like a person on stage but 
the one thing I, I did, I believe that I did help smush was their doubt. Yes. You know, sure. like, literally, like, the self-doubt or even group doubt or, you know, just, like, overall, like, the pandemic, you know, like, one little stupid virus mm-hmm. that literally has, you know, has the death rate of 1% of the population of the country mm-hmm. wiped away everything. Yeah. 1% of the country, which is still a tragedy, but at the same time, that 1%, not only took away family members and friends, but also took away, like, the living, like, their livelihoods, yeah. you know, took away people's just, like, way to live, Absolutely. you know, like, in the, in the entertainment industry, too, you know, like, there's mm-hmm. nothing going on where so many people are struggling to find, like, what they're passionate, their, their purpose, and, um, yeah, it's, so that's, that's been really cool, is being able to squish that doubt, but then also, like, you know, create something where people can start believing in again mm-hmm. and the majority of the time that's just themselves they're yeah. just believing in the, themselves and it's it, that's been like the fucking coolest process absolutely mm-hmm. it, like I have so many friends that are in the performing industry that are actors and singers and everything like that and just the thought of just having that one thing that you've worked years upon years upon years taken away from you in an instant and mm-hmm. having no reassurance that it'll actually come back is one of the most devastating thoughts I can ever think of Oh, yeah, dude, devastating. I was in Florida, um, so I was living, living in Orlando before I moved to Michigan to start this company, and I was a performer, and I was a backup dancer at this dinner theater, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got to be, like, a headline dancer on the weekends, um, and, yeah, I, I got to live my best life, you know? Like, every night, I would go in at, like, 4 o'clock, and we would just start, like, doing bullshit and, like, hanging out mm-hmm. and, like, getting ready for the show and, like, getting, like, the room prepped and the stage prepped and we were just like all right like this is gonna be awesome and like every day i i would sign up for more shifts for more shows because yeah. i was like oh i can't get enough of this so i would work like i i one time got in trouble because i worked like 16 days in a row and then my manager's like yo dude you need to stop dancing and i was like uh that's not gonna happen <laughs> and he was just like obviously joking but it was just because i was working so much he's like dude you're you're gonna get tired mm-hmm. he's like i don't want you to get tired and yeah. i was like okay fine i'll take one day off yeah. you know but to, to think that that was all I wanted to do was take one day off mm-hmm. and then to be forced to take two and a half to three months off in quarantine. Now, that was a struggle because mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, and like there's things that you can do. You know, you can learn combinations online. You can dance in your living room. You can, you know, you can, you know, whatever, whatever it is. You can write a script or a screenplay or, yeah. you know, take master classes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's all these things that you can do, but there's nothing like you know, actually doing it for either a crowd or, you know, for a recording, whether it's like a music video or, you know, anything. It's like you want people to see what you do because you love it. Yeah. You know, you want to share that love with, of your passion with mm-hmm. everyone because passion is, you know, contagious. Yeah. You know, you show passion, other people are wondering, like, why am I not as passionate as this person or this thing or this entity? And then, when they see that, then that's what can, that's like more contagious than Corona is passion, you know, because then it seeps in and everyone's like, oh shit, I need to be passionate about something. Yeah. Is that passion like really what inspires you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just have a passion for people and I have a passion for live entertainment. I think it's like one of the coolest things out there. Like I, I, I remember when I was eight years old and I was watching a movie with my grandfather and my grandfather was the one who raised me when I was like a little kid, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, he was sitting there and he was watching Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. And now, don't get me wrong, he wasn't in World War II by any okay. means, but he was in the Korean War. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I remember him just watching the like the opening scene. Have you seen the movie? Absolutely, it's one of the best movies. Of Dude, history, it's I think. it's so so good. And but like the opening scene is like where they storm Omaha Beach yeah. and they're getting mowed down mm-hmm. by these like heavy artillery like and machine guns and and you you're seeing these people getting like actually blown up mm-hmm. and like ripped to shreds by these like huge fifty caliber bullets and you're just like and it it gets you nauseous because you're like oh my gosh like you know is this even real and mm-hmm. then like you look it up and you're like no that's actually how war was you yeah. know that's how things happen and I remember watching my grandpa like who was the most stubborn human being when it came to his emotions mm-hmm. like he was a very loving individual he's he was so strong and um and what he believed in you know he uh, his convictions were just oh god he was just an incredible human being and I remember seeing him cry for the first time mm-hmm. and it, you know him crying was like shedding a tear but you knew it would, it, you knew it, how much it took to exactly, get in there. Exactly. It's exactly. And I remember I was sitting there, I was eight years old, and I was like, man, if a, if a box, you know, a, a TV, a, like a box just of pictures and colors mm-hmm. could make this man, who I just thought was made of steel, yeah. to be, like, emotional and to get, you know, and it, that's, like, what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring out that side. I mm-hmm. want to be an entertainer for more than just, you know, to make people laugh or smile, but, like, to make people feel mm-hmm. or to be inspired or to gain that passion again or maybe to like feel romantic or you know have you know reassure their faith in you know humanity or life or like like i said love life you know like yeah. i i daydream about it all the time where i'm like yeah i'm going to do this and like this is what i love to do and i am mm-hmm. and so that is like the best thing that's like what drives me absolutely mm-hmm. for, like i know for a fact that when I'm performing and evoking those feelings inside of somebody mm-hmm. is one of the best feelings ever. Like seeing somebody shed a tear when you sing a song or mm-hmm. like when you're doing stand-up comedy and the crowd roars in laughter and you know that it's all sincere. Yeah, it's just exactly. one of the best things ever. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like it, it truly, truly is. Is when you have that sincerity in the audience and like sincerity in yourself and your performance, mm-hmm. you know, but like just the unapologetic behavior that you can perform on stage you know, without, I mean, of course, like, anything could be offensive, but, like, the, you know, you can get away with a lot more things on stage because it's a performance. Absolutely. You can express yourself in ways that you never thought. Like, you can you can express, like, that you are a sexy person or a sexy people, or you can express that you have romantic feelings or you have deep feelings for a friendship, or you can express sadness and anger. You can express those things, and they are socially accepted because you're making a performance out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had a bunch of people going around being like a fucking jackass or crying all the time or yelling or trying to make jokes all the time or you know or like trying to you know like um you know flirt you know like Mm -hmm. stuff like that when you have all that and that's in real life you're like okay i'm getting sick of it you know what i mean like bottle it up you know like not all the way but like stop presenting it to me but when it's a performance and when it's someone actually like this is like deep down like they want to express this Mm -hmm. that is just really powerful Mm -hmm. you know and it just is amazing to watch you yeah know? like even if you didn't even look at any deep meaning on it and if you just watched it and you just watched the performance mm-hmm. and you didn't think anything deep or looked at anything it's still entertaining mm-hmm. no matter what absolutely like, you have people that go to shows and they go like see these amazing performances where it's like awe-inspiring and like you know your jaws on the floor but to them they're just like oh that was fun all mm-hmm. right back home let's go make dinner you know yeah, like exactly you know so you're a performer, you're a dancer, but like one thing I know you, you are the most people person, people person I know. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, I, I tried. Were you always that good with people or did you have to work up to that? Oh, God, no, dude. I was 
such a little like shy boy when I was younger. I was super shy, didn't really like to talk to anyone, but I was like very, um, I was very independent as a like, little kid. So like you could stick me in a room full of Beanie Babies and Power Rangers, like Ninja Turtles, and mm-hmm. I could play for hours. Yeah. And I would like, and they were like my friends, you know, mm-hmm. I would like put on these scenes and I would have like, like action scenes and I would like make these like mix, like makeshift like gadgets, you know, like for them to like play with and. That was one thing that, you know, my mom was always just like, yeah, I never have to worry about you. You could always, like, just hang out by yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I guess at first when I was, like, brought up as a young kid, I was very introverted. Mm -hmm. But I was extroverted in my facial expressions. I was Mm -hmm. extroverted in my actions, in my voice, you know, Mm -hmm. where, like, I didn't really talk to anyone. But if I was talking, like, if I was, like, laughing at a TV or, like, talking to myself about you know something I just watched or I'm playing with my toys like I would you know scream hoot holler and act out these scenes and I didn't give a shit who was in the room yeah. and I would just have a great time and you know and when I was a young kid like being that way I had a hard time making friends so I was the youngest of seven kids okay um, but there you know a lot of them I didn't get into like later because you know some of them were like step like uh, step brothers and sisters yeah. um but yeah, so I was the youngest, and you know, I, you get the classic like get your shit rocked by your older siblings, yeah, you know, get picked on, mm-hmm. you know, like get tormented by your older brothers, you know, and um, but yeah, I I was separated from them. We all went to different high schools and elementary schools, and middle schools, so I didn't have that older sibling kind of looking out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of like went to this. I was I went to a private school when I was mm-hmm. younger, and in this private school, and the only reason I went there is like. We were, like, pretty dirt poor, and my mom worked at this high school. And we were living in, like, this duplex at the time so we could get, like, free um, like free tuition in this private school because yeah. she was one of the teachers there. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, like, always feeling like I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I was in, like, second grade, I'm like, I do not belong here. Yeah. You know, and that was the hardest thing is, like, when you feel like you don't belong, then you project that on anyone. And it doesn't matter if you're 8 years old or if you're 80. You know, like, people feel that no matter what. Kids feel that, especially kids, because kids are very black and white. You know, like, they're right and wrong. And so when they feel, you know, when they come across someone that's just, like, you know, doesn't feel like they belong, then they're going to treat them like they don't belong. Mm -hmm. You know, like, X equals X. And so, yeah, I just, I I had a hard time making friends. I had, like, two really good friends, um, like, in my childhood that I would hang out with all the time. But, you know, like, I was always that outcast. Mm -hmm. You know, I was... You know, uh, like a poor kid, wasn't that, like, coordinated, didn't really, like, do a lot of sports. Like, I, I did do sports, but I wasn't really that good. And then, you know, like, and I was at a Catholic private school. Oh, okay. So, you know, and they excelled in sports. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they were very, very well known for their, um, you know, athletic ability. And, um, yeah, so being a freaking poor kid at a Catholic private school for rich kids and a kid that's not that coordinated... Mm-hmm. You know, and who's like who loves playing with fucking like beanie babies and act out stuff and loves movies. Like yeah. they just looked at me like, yeah, you for sure don't belong here. <laughs> so it was hard making friends. Like I got I got bullied all the time. Like I got my like a shit kicked in. You know, I yeah. go like recess and they they would be like I would always get like picked last to like play on sports and mm-hmm. um, like play on teams and you know and I just remember like you know getting made fun of all the time because I would like either run weird or I like caught the ball weird I couldn't mm-hmm. kick a ball and yeah. then like you know teachers didn't help because you know like they would like giggle at me and then like the kids would see that and then mm-hmm. they giggle at me and 
you know, I go home all the time, like, Mom, I have no friends. Like, what the fuck's wrong with me, you know? And my mom was always so caring and supportive, and she just, she um, was truly there for me all the time. And uh, she was just like, yeah, like, like, you know, it's okay. Like, you are going to make friends. Like, you, like it's, I'm so sorry that you're going through this right now. And mm-hmm. she was like my best friend. You know, yeah. my mom was divorced, and she was a single parent. She worked three jobs. She she worked her ass off for everything that I ever got in my mm-hmm. life. You know, I, I give every bit of credit to my mom. But my mom, though, like, to answer your question, my mom is, like, the biggest extrovert. Okay. Like, she knows everyone. You know, mm-hmm. like, you can't go to a store without her running into one of her former students, a student parent, a colleague, you know, a college friend, a high school friend, like, because mm-hmm. she was born and raised in the city that she grew up in. Yeah. And she's been, stay- she stayed there, um, you know, until now, and so I, I was just the shy kid that like you know hung behind her leg as like she was talking to someone. So I always saw how she interacted. Like mm-hmm. that's how I kind of studied. Is like she was always so friendly and optimistic, and you know would be the first one to be like, "Oh my God, how are you?" Like super excited just to hear about someone's day. Yeah. And then you know, and I didn't like take that into practice until I switched schools. Mm-hmm. So eventually, like it just you know was just not the place for me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was like losing like opportunities to even create friends before even friends were there you know yeah. so i was just like it just did not work and so my mom you know met this guy and then they ended up getting married and then um he was like you know what you can move in our house which was like a little outside of our city that we did live in mm-hmm. and um i switched to a public school okay and i didn't know anyone in this public school i was just like that fresh faced kid that like and it was like i was in a city school before that mm-hmm. and then i switched to this like super agriculture country school. Oh, okay. And, you know, once again, I, I still had never changed. Like, I love entertainment. I loved movies, you know. Like, still wasn't even that big into, like, sports and everything. And then um, something just switched where I started practicing everything that I watched, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, with being, you know, one of the only ones that were in the house with my mom there, like, she would have friends over all the time. Mm-hmm. So I always hung out with adults. Yeah. So almost, like, you can almost say that my childhood was like an, it was a good childhood because I did all the things like a child would do, mm-hmm. but I was constantly surrounded by adults. Yeah, and you know, dialogue from adults and mm-hmm. verbiage from adults and conversations and like, you know, learning how to, like how it is to have a deep conversation, how to open up, how to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. even when it's just a friend, you know. And so, and I didn't understand friends, you mm-hmm. know, because I didn't have really, I, I didn't understand how they worked. So when I switched to school, I was like, all right, Tyler, like you're gonna do something different and all it was is i just i just like made myself have conversations like i i would go to lunch tables and i would like ask questions and you know and i would just like try to like perfect how to be social Mm -hmm. you know and then there was like and it was funny is i switched schools and then for the first year Mm -hmm. i actually was getting bullied like right away (laughs) like literally switched from being bullied at this fucking school and i I was such a pussy when i was a little kid yeah Oh, dude, you should have seen me, man. I was this little runt of a kid, 110 pounds, like, like didn't didn't know how to defend myself, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even talk, you know. I was just, like, this little, like, prissy little kid. And um, I remember I'm like, I'm not going to get bullied anymore. Like, thank God. And I went to this public school, and then I started getting bullied again because I was the new kid that no one understood. Exactly. And then um, it was funny, though, is about, you know, my, my freshman year, so about a year later, there was this guy who was actually one of the bullies mm-hmm. that bullied me. And um, I I ended up doing, like, um, signing up to play football. And he was, like, he was a sophomore at the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
he was like super social, but he was like the asshole social. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, but like everyone still loved him because he was hilarious and he was a good dude. And he was he was smart, but he was like a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. So he had his shit together, but he would purposely rebel because he was smart enough to. Yeah. It's not like he accidentally like no, this dude like planned out his He knew the system, so he, he, he was like oh, he, he could play it any game. way he wanted. He played the game. His name was Drew, Drew Alonzi. He's one of my favorite people of all time. I talked to him just a couple weeks ago and he's like and he was actually this guy that like bullied me when I was younger mm-hmm. and and we actually lived probably two miles away from each other mm-hmm. in a small little town. And one day he actually just messaged me and he's like, Hey man, do you want to hang out? Because we had a couple, like, decent conversations at practice, and, like, so we kind of bonded, and I was always nervous talking to him, because, mm-hmm. like, he was bigger, you know, bigger than me, and I was, I still didn't hit puberty, so I was just this little kid, and mm-hmm. then, so we kind of bonded, and I'm like, okay, maybe, like, I can, maybe not even be friends with him, but maybe he just want to pick on me anymore. Yeah. Well, he ended up messaging me, and then we actually, I went over to his house, and we just hung out. Mm-hmm. Now... Granted, I was super nervous that like he was just doing this, and then I was gonna get my ass kicked. Like, yeah, get jobs. So that, that, that was my first thought. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get beat up, and I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know what? I'll take the risk. And so I even like told my mom, like, I'm gonna go hang out with Drew. And then she's like, Are you sure about that? And I was like, I think so. And then I went over there, and we had like the best day. Like we played Xbox. He showed me like his cars. His like dad and him like uh, do projects together, mm-hmm. and they like they rebuilt uh, like. A plane mm-hmm. and um, his dad's like a pilot and so they like rebuilt like planes and cars and he like he built his car from scratch like two cars he built from scratch in high school yeah like super smart he's a civil engineer now in Scottsdale like oh, nice. just a kick-ass human being um and literally one of my best friends like he will be like a groomsman at my wedding like, mm-hmm. he is fucking awesome and but I remember that was like the first moment like he was the one I don't think I've ever told him this but he was the one that like taught me how to be like a fucking dope dude you yeah. know what i mean yeah. he had swag he like could talk to women he had a bunch of friends he was athletic you know like he was a good looking dude that was super intelligent he had a good family mm-hmm. and i was just sitting there like oh like and i just learned from him mm-hmm. I, and then from that day on we were like homies like i we hung out all the time mm-hmm. you know and then it was funny is like he was like somewhat like one of the ringleaders of that group of dudes mm-hmm. that like picked on me when i was younger i ended up because i made friends with him I made friends with all the bullies that bullied me the year before. <laughs> and, like, I still talk. Um, like, I went back to Iowa a couple weeks ago, and literally, I hung out the whole weekend with these guys. Yeah. And these guys were the ones that, like, wanted to whoop my ass all the time <laughs> on, like, playground. You know, they were always just like, oh, fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I was, like, in eighth grade, and I didn't even know that people cursed at that age. Yeah, you know? exactly. I was like, damn, okay, sorry. <laughs> you know, and, um, but, yeah, that, that was the turning point. I would say freshman year of high school, you know, I, I just got in these, like, the group of dudes that were, like, you know, they were the football players, mm-hmm. the wrestlers, the baseball players. Like, they were, you know, homecoming royalty. They were student council, mm-hmm. like, everything. So, I'm, like, I'm going to do exactly what they do, you know? And, like, of course, like, with that, it's, like, all, like, the scholastics and that, like, after school activities and everything. That was great. Like, yeah. that was great benefit and being social and, like, learning how to even flirt with the fucking girl, you mm-hmm. know? But the other thing that they taught me is how, like you know, how to get into trouble, you yeah. know, like whether it was smoking weed when we were in high school or, or like drinking or like, you know, throwing a house party at my house when my parents were out of town for mm-hmm. the first time. I was like, oh, like this is what you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. I guess I should do it. You, you know, my it. friends think it's cool, so I'm going to do it, you know. And then, yeah, it was like probably like two years, my freshman, sophomore year, you know, I, I made friends with these guys. And then my junior year, they were seniors. I was a junior. And yeah, everything was easy after that, you mm-hmm. know, like. 
And of course not. No, high school fucking sucks. Yeah. You, want, you know, like, no matter who you are, high school kind of sucks everywhere. But my junior and senior year, I would for sure say that I, you know, I soared in the social realm. Mm-hmm. And I started exploring outside of my high school. Yeah. And I started going to, like, our rival high schools and making friends with our rival high schools. And, mm-hmm. like, making friends with all these people, whether it was wrestling tournaments or football games or, you know, like, and, you know, I was playing against them. I was wrestling against them. And we would end up having a conversation. And then that that kind of spiraled out of control in the best way. Uh-huh. You know, you say I'm a people person. Well, what happened was is that, you know, in a small community where there's small schools mm-hmm. everywhere and they're all small country schools, what I ended up doing was making friends with multiple, like, people from those schools. And then we ended up all started just partying together. So it wasn't like, oh, here's like, you know, this Westwood party or this Moville party or this Lawton party. It was like, no, here's like the whole Northwest Iowa weird <laughs> party. And we did. And we did it so successfully for years. You know, like we we, I, we would text each other and be like, all right, cool. All right, we're coming to your town tonight. Coming to our town tonight. Like, oh, we're doing this in the middle of the country. Oh, we're having a bonfire in the middle of a cornfield. Like, mm-hmm. And that was really cool because they gave, like, everyone from my high school gave me credit for being the one to explore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was always, like, people that either dated from other high schools. It's not yeah. like we were totally separated. It was the fact that we just never really do- dove into the other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And then when we did, it was super beneficial, yeah. you know, because you went from the small town of, like, you hung out with the same 40 people to now it's like, oh, we can have a party of, like, 100 that are from all these different locations and that was like the coolest thing. So that like high school and then into college was like that party era. Mm-hmm. It just got me super social where I could like I could have a beer, take one sip of a beer, and then the placebo effect came in where I'm like, oh, I have liquid courage now. Uh-huh. I can go talk to anyone. And so that was that was like the biggest thing for me was like those like four years from junior year to my sophomore year of college. Like we would travel everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and we would always like be like smoking with new people drink with new people like flirt with girls mm-hmm. you know like meeting you know just everyone and it was so that's like what really made me super comfortable mm-hmm. you know with being a people person damn mm-hmm. yeah if anything i've learned from that story is that it just reinforces the fact that you are really good at creating communities yeah. that have like just people that and bros that just hang out and are yeah awesome together yeah that was i would say that would be like the first thing that i built was this like little party empire <laughs> and i did it with like once again with my friends i never did any i've never done anything alone mm-hmm. like i've never accomplished anything like i've obviously i've accomplished like you know like personal and like selfish goals Mm -hmm. but like when it comes to like those broad like scales Mm -hmm. there's no way you know what i mean like like one person can't build an empire Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but a group of amazing human beings can build anything Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that i was always very sure of myself was like if i surround myself with the best people i will get the best outcome exactly um so yeah i would say yeah high school would be like the first like almost business i could say that i ran because I was like the guy they nicknamed me Trap Lord, you know, because like <laughs> that was like my nickname. It was just because like everyone would text me on the weekend, be like, "Yo, Ty guy, what? Like, what's happening? What's happening? Like, where's the party at? You know, it got so bad mm-hmm. for like a like a month or two, where it ended up being where it was like all these people would hit me up, and a majority of them would be like dudes, you know, because mm-hmm. I was you know I'm a dude, so I can make friends with dudes a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And I was still a little shy when it came to, like, females, yeah. especially inviting them to the parties. I would, like, send, like, a mass text mm-hmm. and hope they would come, you know? Yeah. But, like, with guys, it would be super easy. I'd be like, yeah, we'll do, we're going to go chill. Mm-hmm. So for, like, a couple, for a little while, like, everyone would text me and be like, Tiger, you're invited. 
but don't bring your posse of guys. And I'm like, I don't mean to, it just happens, <laughs> but okay, sounds good. You know, so I would like secretly text like two of my friends and be like, all right, we're going to this party tonight, we can't tell anyone else. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it like blew over where we were eventually to get more girls than guys. You know, it wasn't a huge sausage fest everywhere. Yeah. Really. Um, but yeah, I would say that like Party Empire was like the first time I learned how to really, you know, really get good at, you know, interpersonal communication, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, all these different people. And yeah, it was, it was super fun. Oh, I have so many fond memories of that. Dude, you've been, te- you told me a few stories of like how you worked the system in high school. And oh, I yeah? think those are one of the some of the most entertaining stories I've ever. Oh yeah, heard. Well, which one was? I your think favorite? what was the one about running an, a Madden tournament in your school or something yes, like that? Yeah. Oh my god. So <laughs> we actually so it was my senior year. It was me and one of my really good friends, and um, he, me and him had like the same three periods off, and so he had an Xbox, and then um, we ended up grabbing a TV, and then we like set it up and we broke into the generator room uh-huh. that was never used, and it was this huge room. That literally felt like fit like two big generators, mm-hmm. but then like there was still this massive amount of empty space. Mm-hmm. So then we grabbed a bunch of recliners and chairs from like the theater department mm-hmm. and like a rug and got a cooler and we like turned this little makeshift den. And it was our senior year, and then yeah, people would like they like start hearing about it and they're just like, What do you guys do on your study halls? We're like, Oh, we go play NCAA like, <laughs> and people would give me so pissed and so then like at their study halls, like they would come in and we would have like a check in list mm-hmm. and we did like tournaments where like we had a group chat where we'd be like, "All right, guys, mad tournament now. Who's got study hall?" You know. <laughs> and the only reason we got caught was literally because um, the only reason we got caught was literally because our principal mm-hmm. went in there once just to go check on the generators, and then he saw it. He's like, "Oh, what the fuck!" And then, <laughs> like over the announcement, I was remember I was in like world history, and there was. Um, like, he, like, goes over, he's like, whoever owns the TV and the Xbox in the generator room, please come see me in my office. <laughs> and me and, Ka- like, me and my buddy Casey, like, looked at each other in class. We're like, ah, oh, shit, that's us. Like, okay. <laughs> so, like, we went in there, and we're like, hey, that's, like, ours, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so sorry. And then he, like, looked at us, and we were heavily involved in our school, you mm-hmm. know, whether it was. Um, oh, I, I did, uh, this is, like, a side topic, but I one of the things I did create by myself, yeah, I, yeah, I did do this, was. I created, uh, not our first, but I rebirthed our uh, all-male drill team. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we, I was like a sophomore, and um, I really loved dancing. I was big in the show choir and musical theater. And, mm-hmm. and then um, we had this, we had a really good uh, female drill team. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what if we did all-male drill team? And then the coach was like, I don't know. If you can get the guys to do it, like, let's do it. So I wrangled up like 12 dudes, mm-hmm. and we were like, all right, let's do this right now. So it was super fun. Oh, my God. And. The, literally, the only reason I wanted to do it was because they said that state drill teams I was held in Des Moines, Iowa, mm-hmm. was like 4,000 girls all my age in high school. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, so there's like a, just a gold mine of just women like dancers. And I'm 16 and there's like 3,000 other like 16, 17 year old girls just in one spot. You bet money I'm going to go. I'm not, you're not going to pass up an opportunity like oh, that. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Oh so. We just formed this drill team. We made this little show, and we actually ended up getting fourth out of twelve teams there. And then, um, but yeah, we were the talk of the town because we did a couple like funny little tricks and like, and yeah, the people loved it, and we loved it too. And so then that kind of reinforced that like you know, you know, men and boys can do both sports, academics, and music. Yeah. You know, there it doesn't have to be a separation. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that was that was a super fun thing that. 
um, happened. What we were talking about before. I oh, told you were uh, you were talking about like you went into the principal's office. Oh the, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, so since we were so heavily involved in like you know, and C- Casey was like like class acts. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like captain of the football team, captain of the baseball team, captain of the wrestling team. You know, mm-hmm. like he was just awesome dude. Like honor roll, national honor society, student council. Um, you know, I think he won Homecoming King our senior year. Like, mm-hmm. just a great dude, yeah. you know. And um, oh, he's a dance captain for show choir as well. Like, mm-hmm. so he just did everything. And me and him were like hand in hand because we did a lot of those together. Yeah. So when we both walked in, our principal and superintendent looked at us like, "Oh, it's you guys. Fuck it, just take it. Like, honestly, keep it for the rest of the year because we had we started this in like September. Yeah. And he didn't find it until April of that year. <laughs> so we had it for a minute, you know. Yeah, like, absolutely. And. and uh, so yeah, that was super fun, and our teachers were pissed because like they were like, <laughs> "How did you guys get away with that?" Because they found out that he didn't do anything. The principal didn't do anything to us. And, like, mm-hmm. how did you get away with that? And we we're like, "Oh, we smiled at him, you know, <laughs> these smart asses." And they're like, "You bastards!" Like you gone in. Like it was, it was super fun. Yeah. So high school, we we ran that shit when I came to it. It was fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, man, we're winding down on time, so I'm gonna do a thing that I have all my guests do a few things, if that's okay with you. Dude, love it. Yep. So. Imagine you had a microphone, okay, mm-hmm. that led to speakers all around the world oh, duh, duh, duh. that everybody could hear. Mm-hmm. What would you say to everybody in the world? What would I say to everyone in the world? Oh, shoot. Um, uh, let's see. If I had to say, okay, honestly, right now, in the time I am right now, if I had to say anything in the world, I would say that, you know, like, forgiveness and kindness is key. Mm-hmm. You know, because... People might be mean, people might treat you disrespectfully, but majority of the time, almost all the time, the reason people are rude or the people talk shit or the people that are negative is because they are internally hurting. Mm-hmm. You know, so if people are hurting on the inside, then they're going to want to hurt others because mm-hmm. they want other people to feel what they are so that way they feel like they have common ground. Mm-hmm. It's not because they actually want mean, it's because they don't want to feel alone. Mm-hmm. So what's the best way to feel alone? Make yeah. other people feel the way you are. Absolutely. And so if I had to tell everyone, like, forgiveness and kindness, even when people are, are shitheads, mm-hmm. still, you know, forgive easy, you know, and, and just spread that kindness around everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, I would say, is yeah, the best advice that I could give anyone is because, you know, especially during this time with riots and, you know, looting and, you know, these super awesome nonviolent protests that I'm a huge fan Absolutely. of. And, you know, the... <clears throat> Like the movement that we're going in as a country and as a world, you know, and I, you know, I would say that like the best way to get past, you know, the the ignorance and the negativity is to just forgive and still be kind. Because in the end of the day, if you are able to forgive, that means that you have nothing on your heart, Mm -hmm. you know, and you, you have nothing to be angry of. And, you know, and if you're kind, then that will, you know, that will be just as contagious, mm-hmm. you know, because kindness goes a long way. Absolutely. You know, and then you can fight that negativity. You know, instead of fire with fire, no, like switch it up, find another tactic and like take out that fire some other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe in that wholeheartedly as yeah, well. Yeah. That's a great thing to say. Uh, speaking of great things, mm-hmm. I'm going to have you play a game with me. Awesome. And you are familiar with this game. Yes. It's yes, called Three Great Things. Hell yeah. Hell and yeah. I, I want you to say... I want you to say three great things you've personally done in your recent timeline because so many times like the bad things in life can overwhelm the good things and I just want to bring that to light and make sure that you brought it to light for everybody else to hear. Dude, okay, so three great things. Um, 
three great things. Let's see. Uh, the first one, okay, the first one I would say is a great thing is that um, during quarantine about like seven months ago, I did this thing and it's called, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a, it's a tactic that I learned um, from a former professor of mine and mm -hmm. it's where you reflect back and um, you look on every insecurity that you have as a person mm -hmm. and you dive so far deep into it. Like the list could be a hundred insecurities or it could be five. Yeah. But you dive so far into it that you find the root of the insecurity mm -hmm. and then you try to solve it. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I did that for a solid month where I, you know, wrote a list of all the things that I, you know, hated myself or didn't like or want to fix or change. And I'm like, okay, why do I feel these? Like, mm -hmm. why do I feel these things? Why do I look at myself in the mirror and not smile? Mm -hmm. You know, why do I have these thoughts? And that was a really great thing because that brought me to a whole nother level, mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, I don't worry about those insecurities as much. Like, there's still some. Like, we're humans. You know, everyone has insecurity, but I know I tackled a shit ton of them, mm -hmm. you know, that I had so much tension built up to. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that was the first one in and then the second one, the second one, I was, I was really able to give back, and there was this opportunity to, you know, move all, like, uh, move up to Michigan, and mm -hmm. there was a bunch of job, job openings up, and so I, reached out to a bunch of my friends that needed jobs, that needed like a new place, and needed a, you know, place to go, and you know, ended up where it was almost like sixty of us mm -hmm. were able to get it. So that was another great thing that I feel very proud of, and it, it's only because I was able to impact. And a positive change mm -hmm. in these people's lives, mm -hmm. you know, and that was really cool because it, you know, it escalated from, you know, putting the bug out into a couple of people's ears to be like, hey, jobs are available to like, you know, where eight people took the opportunity to 20 people took the opportunity and that like, like I said, we're almost at like 60 or yeah. all up here and, you know, it's just a, an awesome community of people where we get to party and do stupid shit, but we also get to work and create together mm -hmm. and, you know, we get to save money and be adults but we kind of get to do it together so that way you know like you once again you don't feel alone yeah um so that'll be the second one and then the third one oh shoot the third one let's see a recent one uh okay like i would say we had our last show this mm -hmm. last monday on labor day and i was sitting there i was watching one of my best buds like one of my brothers his name is joey and he was singing the song from the greatest showman from now on Ooh. And it was a breathtaking moment because he's going through something in a phase of his life where he is really reevaluating and figuring out where his priorities lie and his principles and his morals and like his faith. And it was so cool because the lyrics, you know, it's like, you know, from now on, I will not be blinded by the lights, mm -hmm. you know, like I, and like the whole song is about, you know, going through that where you see all these things that make you backpedal or backstep. And mm -hmm. then, you know, and then you have to, like basically kind of stop yourself and be like okay hold on i'm losing complete focus on who i am or who i want to be yeah and so seeing this guy that i know so well that i call one of my best friends and going like knowing where his journey has taken him through life and being able to like you know to see him sing this song that really is like digging deep at his life and then i was just sitting there i'm like yeah dude like you're so right and he inspired me to be like to do the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, and I was able to, you know, let go of a lot of things and less stress and, you know, and negativity, even though I, I try to be as positive as I can every day. And mm -hmm. then just that one moment where I could, you know, step back. I didn't think of myself or anyone else. I just got to watch this beautiful performance being spoken to me. And 
I think that was just a great thing was being able to step back mm-hmm. and surrender to what's happening to you. Yeah. So that'll be my third great thing is I was able to surrender, watch one of my best friends like, like do what he does best and learn from it. And I didn't think of anything in that moment. That whole like mm-hmm. four minutes, whatever how long the song was mm-hmm. and the performance was like I sat there and I surrendered and then I got all my answers because I stopped thinking. You know, like yeah. sometimes like we as people are our worst, you know, our biggest roadblocks. Mm-hmm. You know, our mind is our biggest roadblock yeah. to be progressive and to grow. Um, so yeah, I would say that was like my that was like my moment. It was really cool. And I can speak to the validity of that because watching it was just such. A oh, I he didn't even know any of the backstory behind it, but just watching it, I felt what he was feeling. Yeah, God, it was an incredible, incredible day. It was awesome. So, wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Okay, so why did you start this podcast? I started this podcast. It's something I've wanted to do for a while now. Okay. Um, and I started it just to bring a little bit more light into the world. Mm. Uh, like I say at the beginning of every single podcast. But really, I started it... Uh, the real reason is I. it was an extremely selfish reason. Because I love watching people be passionate about something. Mm. I love watching them, like getting them talking and then getting them going and talking about what inspires them. And usually if you get them talking about that, they'll go off and they'll start like rambling and talking on and on about what inspires them. And it just puts such a big smile on my face. And I'm hoping that like, if I feel that way, there are other people out there that feel that way when people talk about something that inspires them. Mm. And so I can put smiles on people's faces just like I put a smile on my face whenever I do this. Hell yeah, man. That's dope, dude. Well, I wish you the best of luck for the rest of this, man. Like, yeah. That's, I, I really appreciate being on your show. This is super cool. Dude, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you yeah. so much for yeah. everything you've done for me. You've I, been such a great teacher to me and dude, such a I great got friend. You, man. Always. All right. Thank you so much, Ty. You want to shout out anything you got going on, anywhere people can find you? Oh, yeah. Um, so the company that we created is called Sun Theater. Um, what it is, it is, uh, you, know, a, you know, that's exactly what it is. It's a traveling theater company, and we go and we produce our own shows, and we create our own shows, and um, we have about, like, 30 to 35 performers along with about, like, 12 to, like, 13 instrumentalists. And it's, yeah, it's an incredible time. So if you get a chance, look us up. We're on Sun Theater on Facebook and Instagram. And you'll see all of our future postings for shows and performances. And, yeah, thank you so much. The link will be in the bio. Heck, yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Ty. And thank you so much for my listeners, everybody who's been going there. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this. If you liked it, give it a like. Uh, If you really like it, subscribe and rate us maybe. Um, But just keep in mind that there's always light in the world no matter how dark it gets. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. See ya.